0: mm mm-hmm.
1: one thing I wanted to start with and I've already got some questions that people sent in by email so let me do this. Uh, If you have questions you always wanted to ask a pastor but hadn't had the forum to do so, start thinking about them now and uh, it could be if we have time and again uh, I can talk a lot so I'm trying to be um, brief with my comments here but uh, then we'll we'll take some time and, and pass the mic and you can ask questions and we'll give some responses. Does that sound good? Uh, so uh, one thing I wanted to mention and bring some clarification on from uh, Sunday morning, because I did talk about the um, uh, things to come. We just need to be aware. It looks like it, we really could be in the time. And I've said this for 40-something years. I've been in Jesus. September would be 47 years. And, and, you know, we had all kinds of songs about Jesus' return, the rapture of the church, the second coming of Christ, and all my life. And so, you know, you almost become anethonetized to that. Uh, after a period of time, he goes, okay, when's he coming, you know, and he hadn't come yet, so when he's coming. But uh, in an uncanny way, past number of years, uh, world events uh, seem to be pointing towards perhaps sooner rather than later, Jesus' return. So we do need to be ready, and uh, I've always been aware that when we get to that, approach that time, it will be a a time that we're we're, we're in a pressurized moment, and it seems like time speeds up. That's certainly the case now. Um, uh, uh, Sunday morning, I, I wanted to just let jesus speak through the apostle john from the book of revelation because he gave us a clear road map of things to come and what to look for uh, before he returns so tonight really quick i us see if i could do this really quickly i've got a chart don't put the chart up yet because they'll look at it and not listen to me so uh you know daniel let's talk about daniel from the book of daniel Uh, you know Daniel lived 2500 years ago or so and and during Daniel's life um, the Israelites uh, had gotten into disobedience now watch this for 490 years they disobeyed God they had been involved in idolatry par none one of the things God said to the Israelites and you need to know this when God says something he means for us to listen and he always does what he says is that right So god had said to the israelites for instance in leviticus 25 he said uh, when you come into your land take every seventh year and let the land rest now he did that so the soil could replenish and so that the nutrients could go back into the soil so you would have crop after crop for for the next six years and then the seventh year again what happened well they didn't do it they didn't do it for 490 years they disobeyed the land rest sabbath and if you go read Oh, let me see. Jeremiah 36, uh, right towards the end of that chapter, uh, Daniel was reading from Jeremiah's writings and found out that Israel was going to go into captivity one year for every land rest Sabbath they missed, which was 70 land rest Sabbaths. Seventy times seven. If you're a mathematician, what is it? 490. So uh, that's 490 years. So he showed them 490 years past and you know they went into Babylonian captivity during Daniel's day, and, um, and and Daniel spent most of his life out, out f- away from Jerusalem, away from God's, uh, the land that God had given uh, Abraham and his ancestry. So, you know he was an aged man by by the time you get to Daniel chapter nine, and he was praying and, and praying and repenting on behalf of uh, his nation. The way we need to repent, right, <laughs> on behalf of of the U.S. today, because we we've got some egregious problems. So, um, uh, and, and uh, the Lord spoke to him and, and basically uh, Daniel 9, 24 to 27 gives us a roadmap of the next 490 years. So since Israel disobeyed for the previous 490 years and they were in the middle of, of Babylonian captivity and it was a seven, 70 years, they were out of the land and it rested all at once for 70 years wouldn't it have been better to just take one year every seven? So uh, God also showed him 490 years in the future. And and I mentioned this Sunday morning, and I could take... This is all on uh, audio and video. When I did the ser- uh, Revelation series, first part of it, I went over this. Uh, but I want to mention this again. Uh, God showed Daniel 490 years of the future. 483 of those years have come to pass. and And when Jesus died and was raised from the dead... Those, that 483 years of the 490 years that God sold Daniel actually had already come to pass right then. And it says, though, God had a little stop clock, stopwatch, click, and it cut off Jewish time as we know it, just kind of click. I'm not dealing with my Jewish people anymore. They didn't believe Jesus was Messiah. The diaspora occurred, that is, they were scattered all over the world, and they became a non-nation by... Uh, the early 100 ADs. By 135, um, uh, they actually really tried to rename the land Palestinian to to just kind of get rid of even the name Israel or anything like that. And uh, and for for the next, uh, all the way up until the 20th century, uh, that was a barren desert where it was. And I mentioned this Sunday, Mark Twain in his writings mentioned how barren it was that nobody would want to go visit that barren, destitute place where Israel was once a nation. It really was nothing. But uh, the Balfour Declaration in 1917 allowed, uh, who was a British man, um, Mr. Balfour allowed uh, Jews from all over the world to migrate back to that parcel of land that was dead. And they began to come back between the end of World War One, 1917-ish, all the way to 1948 when Israel became a, a nation again. And so we have seven years. And then they, when they became a nation, that was a signpost. It's just huge. And I mentioned it Sunday morning that I, I have in my notes, uh, I'm thinking at least 24 scripture in the New Old Testament that share that just before the Messiah comes back the second time, Israel will be regathered from all of their nations where they were scattered because of their disobedience. And they would come back to that that land. And that happened in 1948. So 70 years ago in 1917. And now, boy, things are really beginning to mushroom. And it looks like Jesus could come back again really soon. So that's the kind of, Israel's kind of like a signpost. and And so what's going to happen is there's seven years left of the time that God showed Daniel. That's where people talk about the seven years. And they call it the term tribulation. I'll go back to that in a minute. Um, but that's where they get that from. And and at some point something's gonna happen and click. God starts starts that stopwatch again, and the time will tick down for Jesus to come back. And it'll be seven years of time. Now Jesus uh, in Matthew 24, uh Mark 13, Luke 21, and then in Revelate in in the book of Revelation, particularly Chapter six is a parallel to Matthew twenty-four, and I mentioned that Sunday morning. Uh, Jesus gave us a really uh, good idea of what is going to be happening. So I wanted to just share one little tidbit of, of something to think about in in the Western world. It's not this way worldwide, and you know I've been all over India. I've been to Africa. I've been to uh, you know Russia, Siberia, believe it or not, and uh, other places, and even, Southern, even South America and such. Uh, but when you, and, and I, they don't believe this, but Western believers by far have a belief system that uh, there is, that, that the rapture of the church will occur before that seven years that God showed Daniel happen. And I believe that, and I preached that for 20, at least 25 years and believed it from the time I came to Jesus in 1976 until actually it was 2010. When I started having a stirring inside, I've always studied eschatology, study of end time things. And I've always taught on that. And those of you that have been here since I've been here, since 1994, I've taught a certain way. And, but God really began to deal with me and I changed my tune back uh, in 2010. And I began to see that it looks like uh, the rapture just may not occur the way I've taught it um, at the beginning of the seven year period. And it looks like we may actually see uh the antichrist rise the one world government rise and those kind of things so a lot of people don't believe that they take issue with me on that and that's perfectly fine i'm really not trying to be right uh, i just want to be biblically accurate and i want to also obey god so god began to deal with me in 2010 I did a lot of research a lot of studying i actually wept um I, I, it, it was so emotional for me if i talk about it much it'll bring up emotion and i may cry right now but uh it was so emotional for me to, to see that god God, are you really saying that the church we're going to be here the first few years of that seven-year period and all that hellacious stuff that that I've taught about? We're actually going to be in some of that, and and it, and it bothered me deeply. And then the Lord said, now "I want you to take this public," and so I did that in 2011, and that bothered me. And then all these years, here it is. Uh, What's well, uh, this? 12 years later, here it is, 2023, and uh, I still have that belief system. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, honestly. But uh, so if you're here and and uh, a lot of people don't even know what I'm talking about, but those that do, if, if you believe that there's going to be a tree pre, the rapture is going to occur before the Antichrist reveals or right when he reveals, boop, we go up and, and that doesn't happen, uh, come and see me because I really do have something to say. If it does happen on the way up and say, I was wrong, you were right, yay, <laughs> and we miss it all. Uh, my concern is that if it doesn't happen the way a lot of people think it's going to happen, then. You're going to be really upset. And here's the thing that changed my tune. I could talk about this a long time. and really trying to be short. But the thing that changed my tune about the church being here for the first portion of that time is most people that te- teach that the, um, it's called the pre-tribulation rapture. It really is a theory. Uh, most people that teach, and I taught that for 25 years, they teach it because, and here's the, and here's the main fundamental basis is that god has not destined the church to incur the wrath of god first thessalonians 5 9 says that romans 5 9 says that very clearly god's not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ and because the whole seven-year period by those that believe that the rapture occurs right when that period tar- starts see, they believe that whole time is the wrath of god and because we're immune Now hear me out, but from the wrath of God. Therefore, we can't be here during that entire seven-year period. And the thing that changed my tune is when God, uh, it's like something came off my eyes and I saw the first part of that seven-year period is not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of man. It's the wrath of the Antichrist. Did you hear what I just said? And there's nowhere in the New Testament that immunizes Christians from persecution. You can't find not even one scripture that, that inoculates us from persecution. In fact, I've been to places where people are persecuted for their faith. In fact, in Africa, where we have 12 churches, we've had a couple of, they call them evangelists. They literally go from city to city on you know, a bicycle or a donkey, and they preach the gospel. And a couple of guys have been killed by the Muslims there. So, And they have persecution. And... Uh, Et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but here in America, we don't know what persecution is. Would you agree? And so it's a real Western belief system to say, well, we're not gonna be a part of that seven years. God's not appointed us under wrath. The first part is not God's wrath, it's man's wrath. It's the wrath of the Antichrist. And, and it just really mushrooms into, um, into something really big midway into that three and a half years into it, a rebuilt Jewish temple. Um, uh, will 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 come and be into being, and uh, and Jesus called this the abomination of desolation. And what's going to happen is the Antichrist is going to is going to you know commit some kind of a sacrilege. Maybe may Antiochus Epiphanes in 167 B.C. Uh, was a Greek um, uh, warrior, and uh, for several years I mean he just pummeled the the uh, Jewish state, and finally eventually took it over. And the apex of that was. Uh, December 16th, 167 A.D. I remember uh, he went into the temple, uh, uh, sacrificed a pig. They don't like pigs. It's unclean meat. And uh, desecrated the temple. They got really upset with him. He set up a, a statue of Zeus and put his head on it and made them worship. And boy, they got really mad. And so uh, the Maccabean revolt is when they they, uh, they removed um all of the results of what Antiochus Epiphanes did. So when he did that, it was called the abomination of desolation. And Daniel mentions the abomination of desolation that causes desolation in the temple again. And that's when Jesus mentioned in Matthew 24. It's going to happen again when the Antichrist comes to power, some kind of a global ruler, and there's some kind of agreement with the various nations of the world, and and Israel will be a part of that. And, um, and, and obviously, he'll allow them to do their sacrifices and course, you know, you've got a couple of uh, mosques uh, in right there on the Temple Mount. Now, uh, the uh, Islam will be doing their thing. Christians will be doing their thing in Jerusalem. And also, uh, uh, the Jews will be sacrificing again during, during this uh, really crazy time that's coming. And, uh, and then he will do that again when he turncoats and, and once offered Israel peace and turns against them. This is called the Great Tribulation. By Jesus, and that's a short period of time. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21, unless this uh, time period was shortened, no person, no saved person, would be able to survive it. So, but for the elect, safe, it shortened. So you got three and a half years. Now throw the throw the screen. I want to want you to look at this screen here. Uh, so, what God showed me is, as I believe, so bear with me, pre wrath rapture of the church, not pre. Not pre seven years, and let me make an addendum here. Um, The um, most people call that seven year period the tribulation. You've heard that all of your life. There, there's find me. I would now. I I will give you ten thousand dollars cash. I mean it. If you can find me one scripture in the Bible that calls that period the tribulation, It, it it's not there. It's Daniel's 70th week. It's seven years. It's not called, it is hardship. The word tribulation flips this Greek. just means pressure. It's a pressurized time. But the, but the great tribulation starts three and a half years into that time period. And, and the time period prior to that, yeah, there's some, there's some some persecution stirring up uh, with Jews and Christians probably because of our Judeo-Christian um, belief system with the Ten Commandments and such, and the, and the immorality that's so prevalent now, and we just we're an affront to that, you know. So uh, anyway, here we are. Uh, I don't have a screen here, so I have to turn around. So you got you got the seven-year period here, uh, some kind of a covenant, or I think I just read New Living Translation Daniel nine twenty-seven, some kind of a treaty. Uh, is in effect, and it includes Israel, but it could include other nations, and I mentioned this Sunday morning, uh, and I didn't take time, I've been busy crazy this week, Uh, but um, back in the end of October last year, 2022, uh, there was some kind of a climate treaty, I don't know if y'all remember, Uh, it's, I can look it up, you can go do a a search on it, find it in the search engine, Um, somebody may remember the name, but there was a climate treaty that was enacted, uh, it was in um, it was in Israel, it was also at, but this is what got me, it was at the base of Mount Sinai. No, I'm not kidding. the, ba- the where, God, where, where Moses got the 10, and this was the 10 commandments of climate change. I can't, I'm not making this up. You can look it up. I thought, well, and they had all of the major world religious leaders from the three major religions, which is Christianity, Judaism, and uh, Islam. And they were all there as representatives. Israel was there, many nations were there, with their representatives, including Israel and uh, King Charles. Now, King Charles it wasn't King then, King Charles of England, and uh, he's the one that actually if you look do the etymology. He's the beginning of this climate change stuff. So, this climate change stuff may have something to do with how this global governance comes into play. You see what I'm talking about? So, so there's a there's a, a small chance that that maybe we already started into that seven-year period. I, I nah, I'm not ready to say it yet, but it's feeling strange, would you agree? And, and things in America are just plumb weird. I mean, you gotta say, what's going on? So anyway, I just wanted to see that. So, so the Antichrist signs covenant, that's where it begins, that seven year period is shown there, I call this the pre-wrath rapture not pre seven years pre-wrath the wrath of god doesn't fall until the very end of the time so you got the beginning of sorrows now jesus talked about birth pains women had my wife had four children i was in the room both all four times that hurt birth pains so you know the first three and a half years you've got birth pains that is challenging things uh, uh, fa- uh, uh climactic things that happen with uh, serious weather with war uh, geological things with earthquakes and then a deep persecution uh, of Jews and Christians probably because of our belief system with respect to morality if you look at it now so so all that's happened in the first three and a half years Jesus calls that the beginning of sorrows. so Sunday I talked about the the four seals that are on the scroll in God's right hand well those seals are open those first five seals are the first three and a half years it's hand in glove fit to revelation chapter 6 and matthew 24 it's really uncanny and then about matthew 24 uh, 11 12 13 ish where it talks about the abomination of desolation that's midpoint of that seven year period that's three and a half years into it so we, we it looks like from my viewpoint we'll be here that first three and a half years things will really get Uncannily strange we could be in the middle of world war three, which could be starting any time with uh, what's going on with Russia I don't have time to talk about that tonight. Um, and then and then they are a really intense time Uh, so so I want you to get the time frame here You got three and a half years the midpoint is the abomination uh where the uh, antichrist reneges on his peace treaty with israel and perhaps even other nations then the great tribulation which you know, if you got three and a half years and then and then that happens and Jesus it called it the Great Tribulation right after the Antichrist turncoats and changes his tune, then, then you got, you don't know how long it is. Maybe a year, maybe, maybe a uh, maybe maybe a year and a half, so three and a half, up to halfway, four and a half, maybe, maybe five years. And then look at this. You see where it says God's wrath, the red? And you see where it says the day of the Lord. Everybody say the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is mentioned 19 times in Scripture, uh, um, Old Testament prophets, and also by Peter, uh, by Paul, and by the Lord Jesus. And and it's shown clearly in the book of Revelation. Jesus unusually says nothing about the day of the Lord in Matthew 24. Not, Not one word not not one word the day of the lord will be absolutely and i read a a chapter today about it would be absolutely the worst period of time that planet earth has ever seen and it will be uh, nature gone awry on steroids and that's when the trumpet judgments begin in revelation eight and nine and then you have the bowl judgments in, they're talked about in Revelation 15, but they actually come to pass in Revelation 16. And those are, are elements, those are, that is God's wrath, nature rising up against rebellious mankind and against Satan and against the Antichrist and against the false prophet and perhaps the leader of a major world religion. We'll talk about it tonight, but uh, that will be persecuted seriously during that time. And um, that nobody wants to live for, during that time. Uh, meteorites hit the earth it's an awful thing to start with revelation 8 1 and look at it so that's called the wrath of God the day of the Lord is the wrath of God now I've taught on this it's online but y'all in an uncanny way it's uh, things are seem to be slowly working this direction so in my estimation as I finished with this it went longer than I thought it would you know you got seven years you got three and a half years I believe we'll be here that first part of that then the Great Tribulation we'll see some of that uh, and it may last a year, year and a half. We don't really know. And then God's wrath, the day of the Lord, maybe the last two years of that seven-year period is the, is the day of the Lord. And, and nobody wants to be here. Re- believers will go up. And Jesus gave us a sign uh, the end of, uh, uh, oh, or right after um, uh, he talked about the great tribulation in Matthew 24, 29, 30, and 31. He talks about the sun darkening, the moon darkening, stars not giving their light and the old testament prophets isaiah talks about it joel talks about it and Obadiah talks about it and there's uh, Zachariah talks about it and then jesus mentioned it peter mentioned it paul mentioned it you know so uh when the sun moon and stars darken that's a sign revelation 6 mentions it the sixth seal when you go out one day and the sun's not bright and the moon's not shining at night and the can't see the stars, something's up and it's it's jesus saying get yourself ready you, got a little gravity is going to lose its grip. Your body's going to change it. We go up. Wasn't well, that exciting? So God's not appointed us to wrath, so, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus. So uh, we could see up to. Uh, you can't put an exact specific on this. If I try, to be wrong, I, I would say generally speaking, somewhere up to four and a half, five years, that we could be here during that seven-year period. Think about it. Think about it. So question is, are you ready for that and prepared and ready to exercise your faith believe God and more than anything, share Jesus with people? Because that is a time period where the power of God will be unequaled in the church age. Isn't that exciting? So I know that perhaps fosters lots of questions, but that's something I wanted to share. As I started tonight, now let me go here. And uh, so if you've got questions let them stir up let me do this really quickly I've got several questions I can answer answer these quickly here's the first question we all come short somebody says here and make mistakes so um, so does that mean we will all lose a reward at the judgment seat so this person uh, asked the question and the basis for this question is believers uh, are not going to be at the great white throne judgment. We know that Revelation twenty. That's non Christians. But, but every Christian will stand before the judgment or rewards seat of Christ. The Greek word is bemabema, and that means um, that means a, a, a critical seat uh, used by people that. Judge sporting events in the first century and they determined the winner by watching closely every athlete So Jesus is watching closely and scrutinizing our lives as believers in first corinthians 3 um, The apostle Paul talks about the uh, judgment seat of Christ the reward seat of Christ and he said Awards will be distributed and he lists six kinds of awards or rewards. I guess you could say Um, uh, wood hay and straw What happens when fire hits wood, strains, hay, and straw? Smoke. And then, and then gold, silver, precious stones. What happens when fire hits uh, gold, silver, and precious stones? They just get better. And so all of us, as we live our life for Jesus, are accruing every day, perhaps, uh, some wood, some hay, some straw, <laughs> uh, hopefully some gold, some silver, some precious stones, right? Uh, so the question here is, when you come up short and make mistakes, does that mean you lose your reward? No, it just means you probably accrued some some, uh, some wood, hay, and straw, you know. But the idea is when you sin, repent and say, God, I missed the mark. I did wrong. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you lose your rewards because don't forget that when God forgives, he forgets our sin and treats us as though we had not sinned. Yes or no? So yes. So just be aware that you know, God's going to say, "Well, you played bad. I'm going to take this from you." It's just not like that. He loves us, and he wants us to have his best, and he wants to bless us. So, the second question I have here is, "What will the sea? Uh, why will the sea no longer exist after the new heaven and new earth come into being?" And he's speaking in Revelation 21. And here's the verse. So I thought I didn't even write it down. Look at me. Yeah, I thought I wrote it down, but let me get to it real quickly here. So, Revelation 21:1 says this. If I can find it right here, I'm going to the wrong. Here we go. It says this Then I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the old heaven and old earth had disappeared, and the sea was gone also. And so this person asked the question uh, After the 1,000 year reign of Jesus, when Jesus comes back, there's a thousand years that he actually rules the nations of the world. And you're going to be in glorified bodies. They're going to be people that actually will go from that seven-year period from that latter part of that time. God's wrath. They actually somehow survive in normal human bodies. And then babies are going to be born. Did you realize that? During the 1,000-year reign of Jesus and longevity will be... Will, will be replenished to the human person, and then supernatural prosperity will happen worldwide because there's no longer, the earth is no longer operating under the demonic system that rules the world now. Won't that be exciting? <laughs> and then after all that, then Satan is judged, thrown into the lake of fire, the very latter part of Revelation 20, along with all the demon spirits, fallen angels, the uh, antichrist and the false prophet, and all of the unbelievers of all ages, are, are, are their final doom is the lake of fire now that is a literal fire you can't get away from it and nobody wants to go there so hopefully nobody listening to my voice will ever see the lake of fire because you just want to make jesus lord and if you haven't we'll give you an opportunity before we close tonight nonetheless why is there no longer no more see well again uh Dake annotated reference bible is a uh, Genesis finning's Dake annotated to put i've said this so many times i uh, put uh notations by every verse of the bible And he said this in his notes on Revelation 21:1. No more sea, he says, the large oceans covering about three quarters of the earth will be no more, but there will be an abundance of rivers, lakes, small seas forever. And then in my studies, I found out the earth, uh, the earth, if you took away all of the ocean, the land mass of the earth is 197 million square miles. That's a lot of dirt. That's a lot of land. And it's estimated so much square foot per person uh, since the earth without the oceans uh, can can actually inhabit 100 billion people if there are no seas. So that's interesting. One thing that may occur, and I've mentioned this, with the flood of Noah, prior to that, there was a cloud canopy that covered the earth, atmosphere of the earth, keeping the... Um, rays of the sun from harm, their harmful effects on human life, plant life, and animal life. Uh, and then when the flood of Noah came, uh, the springs were let up from underneath the earth, but then that cloud canopy, it's, it's uh, postulated that it just decimated, uh, it came undone and came down in the form of rain 40 days and 40 nights. So it, it did, and when that happened, the lifespan of the, of, of the human went, went from hundreds and hundreds of literal Years until what we have today, because of the effects of the uh, uh, of the environment here, and so it's postulated again when the new heavens and new earth are created after the one thousand a thousand year reign of Jesus, is that uh, the uh, the oceans evaporate back up into the clouds, because the earth will be renovated by fire. Just something to think about. Nobody knows facts on this. It's all you know hearsay. So who knows? Uh, but that heat could renovate and cause that. So it's just something to think about. Quite real, The uh, real answer is, I don't know. <laughs> Number three, my question, this person says, is in 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 23, referring to Saul that says, the Lord gave him an evil spirit and terrified him. Uh, what exactly does that mean, this person asked, an evil spirit from the Lord? Uh, so um, let me see what I have done. I didn't, I thought I wrote this verse down, but I don't have a lot of time, so I'll just read this. Here's some study notes I have. The theological difficulty of the expression, evil spirit from the Lord, may be resolved one of two ways. God may have intended the evil spirit as redemptive, designed to turn Saul to repentance, or he may have intended the evil spirit as his instrument of judgment against the rebellious king. God is completely righteous, hates evil, and never does anything unjust yet he makes use of demons against their evil intentions to accomplish his good purposes how many know sometimes that's true so you know uh, so uh, God doesn't uh, have anything to do with the devil demon forces demon spirits but you know when you disobey God and want to do what you want to do sometimes you open the door so Jacob his name means supplanter he was a self-willed person and God allowed an angel to come down, and in his his older age, he wrestled with this dude all night long. And the angels just simply grabbed his, uh, uh, I think it was his inner thigh, and caused uh, one of the sinews that of the muscles to shrink. And he he uh, he walked with a limp the rest of his life. Now that is a huge, that is that is something huge. We need to see as believers. We so to speak need like Jacob to walk with a limp. That is. Our self-will is laid at the feet of Jesus. Instead of doing what we want to do, we do what Jesus wants us to do. So for Jacob, it's like it took him all night to finally get the idea that you're not going to whip God. <laughs> you're not going to whip his angel. <laughs> you better lay yourself down. And he did. So that's kind of, and God allowed that to happen. So the evil spirit was not from God. Does that, is, that, is that the one I was talking about? I think I'm in the wrong one. I went to the next one. I was at number five. So skip what I just said. Refer it to number five. That's what was in my head. I must be tired or something. Genesis 32 is when Jacob, you know, wrestled with the angel all night. So everything I just said, that's it. Now my question here, why did Saul, why did God give him an evil spirit? That's weird how I did that. Why did God give him an evil spirit? The evil spirit did not come from God. God doesn't have any devils to give anybody. But um, because Saul was in disobedience and pride, then it was allowed to happen. And, uh, and uh, you know, God just kind of said, you know what, I'm out of the way. Uh, you do what you want to do. And, uh, and uh, Saul was hindered in some really terrible, terrible ways. So that tells us that disobedience hinders us from God's best, yes or no? And so you want to be really careful with that. Anytime you get over into disobedience, you open the door to the enemy. Yes or no? So you want to be really careful with that. So uh, here's another one that says, Hi, Uh, a pastor shared a dream a few years back uh, when I was preaching about these end time things. uh, I saw people running, rapid changes, running towards the future. Um, This person asked, but where are we in the dream dream they're talking about? I just had a dream and I saw, um, I saw like a a front cloud uh, over the whole atmosphere and I was telling people it's going to be okay and i think and that was back in march of 2015 while we were praying in here and it was just the lord's way of saying mitch everything's going to be okay and that things are going to change things are going to be difficult but you know you're going to make it through it and uh and you may be a person that will be an encouragement to people who kind of lose their marbles and wonder what's going to happen it's going to be okay it's going to be okay so that was in 2015. i don't know if that's any significance to today or not i have no idea so That was that person's question. Then here's another person. The last question I have is Hebrews 12, 16. Are we supposed to accomplish uh, this verse? I'm assuming it's speaking to the church. How can we, um, how can we probably especially address the pastors, make sure no one is immoral or godless? So how are we supposed to accomplish this verse? And the verse says this, verse 16 of Hebrews 12. uh, Make sure no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. So that's a, that's a strong encouragement to believers. You know, get out of sin and don't live selfishly and don't put the wrong things first place in your life. So there's an encouragement in Hebrews twelve sixteen, And this person says maybe to pastors to make sure people aren't doing this. So how are we supposed to accomplish this? Well, for me, I'm supposed to preach the word and encourage you not to live in immorality and self-centeredness and, and let's be real, a lot of believers today in America do what I've seen people do in India as I've traveled over the various cities of India. They, they worship millions of gods there, and, and if you share Jesus with them, if you don't do it right, they'll just take Jesus, make an idol out of him, and stick him on the mantle and, and worship him along with the rest of the devils they worship. It's crazy. So you don't do that in Christ, right? So how do you accomplish this verse uh, how do you make sure no one is immoral or godless? You preach the word and share Jesus with people and, and talk, about, talk about the, the Christ-like like, like lifestyle. And in America, we desperately need to know that the grace of God that brings salvation teaches us to live a pure and holy life. Yes or no? We've got a lot of people that are broaching that these days, and it's a real problem. So anyway, questions? That was a lot to say in a little bit of time. Sorry about the little mix up on one of those verses. I guess I was looking at the wrong note. I read that and then I looked at the wrong note. So my my bad. My bad. Anybody comments, questions, thoughts, ideas? Or are you just ready to go home? That's the bigger question. <laughs> oh, we got one over here. Oh boy. Thank you, Andrew. Everybody good?
0: is why did Jesus often refer to himself as the Son of Man versus referring to himself as the Son of God? And then did the Jews understand what he meant when he called himself the Son of Man versus the Son of God?
1: I'm not sure they ever completely understood it because the Jewish race by and large rejected uh, the sacrifice of Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Jesus as the Son of God, that obviously references his deity. But Jesus referencing himself as the Son of Man, he's identifying with us as human beings. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4 is very clear that Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 uh, really talks about the uh, kenosis of Christ, the Greek word kennu means emptying when Jesus came to earth he emptied himself of all of his God abilities and that's very clear and he lived as a human being and that's the reason he was born as a baby and he had to grow up and here's an insightful thing if you just sit back some time and just think about this think about think about Jesus being the Son of God existing pre-existing the the manger living in heaven uh, and then allowing himself to be incarnated or placed into a human body. So what's that like? So he's in heaven, you got God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all the angels and stuff, and he says, I'll see y'all in 33 years. And he's in Mary's womb. He left all of his God ability aside. (laughs) He's in the womb for nine months. She gives birth. He's a baby. Wham, wham, give me something to drink. Change my diaper. And he's living like us. And, and, and then uh, by the time he's 12, he has to go through his Jewish boy bar mitzvah, which he has to be able to quote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all verbatim, the, the Torah, and the whole thing, to be able to be a man. And, uh, and so while he's reading those scriptures, his, his, his human person, even though he's the Son of God, recognizes, okay, what am I reading? Because he's the Son of God, because he's deity, and he reads the Scriptures, could it be, this question, could it be that Jesus, through the Scriptures, as he was reading, because he laid aside that God-knowing that he had, right? He found out who he was while he's reading the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit witnesses to him. So at age 12, he's found with the Jewish leaders, and, and he's talking to them, asking them questions, and they're thinking, this ain't a normal 12-year-old. This is a little bit strange. So could it be that Jesus learned who he was? I said all that to say, then he went through his teenage years, knowing he's the Son of God, knowing he was not to reveal himself until a certain time. You know, warriors started as a warrior at age 30 in Israel. And so not until he come of age could he be the Jewish warrior God had called him to be with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of God when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. So again, the idea here is that Jesus uh, was 100% God, but yet at the same time, 100% man. So when he calls himself the son of man, so he's identifying with uh, he's identifying with our humanity and, and with the fact that he understands the frailty that we live life with and the challenges we experience. Good news is he did it all without sin. Does that make sense? So anyway... Who else? Anything else? Buddy? hmm
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have one, Joshua? He told me he had one. Might be time. I don't remember what you said, but you'll remind me, I know. I
0: don't
1: How many appreciate you. Joshua? Amen. Give him a hand. Yeah.
0: i old the worms but (laughs) what are your thoughts on uh america could possibly be somewhat uh babylon whoa
1: whoa uh we had a text conversation a couple of nights ago is that when it was yeah so uh you know my take on a lot if you read books and listen now listen to all these uh, "Quote unquote prophets." Uh, let me. Can I be real? You want to be suspect? All these people say, well, "I'm prophet so and so." If you say you prophet so and so, I turn you off. If you got to tell everybody who you are and what you got, just shut up. I, I don't. Mm-mm. So you just got to be careful because there's so much around today, and so many people say so many things about end time things and this and that and the other. That's why I just simply like to stick with what the Bible says. And if you do that, you just gotta let things play out. Now, as I have studied, I went through the whole book of Revelation, verse by verse, and all that's online, video, audio, audio, and, um, and my notes are there as well. So as I studied through that, of course I studied Revelation 18. It uh, starts out, Babylon the great, the mystery Babylon has fallen, has fallen, and has become the dwelling place, place of demons, and yada, yada. And in one hour, Babylon loses all of its luster, all of its wealth all of its beauty, and all of the nations of the world have have drank the cup of its uh, pleasure and and um, and and such, and uh, it's destroyed. So a lot of people say that, um, and I've heard over all my life, really, uh, people have said that Babylon, America's Babylon, and New York City's Babylon, yada, yada, yada. So the problem I have with anything like that is um, the Bible is, Uh, A Middle Eastern book uh, written and and really can you really can only understand it if you understand Middle Eastern culture and Middle Eastern background and understand what the people were going through and that's why we have all these Bible helps because we're not Middle Eastern we're Western so um, the Bible is uh, Jerusalem let me use a term centric means is the center of something so the Bible is Jerusalem centric Israel centric right and middle east centric and when when you're looking at end time events from a biblical perspective end time events say nothing about the us of a because the Bible's not written to the us of a the bible is a book written by the holy spirit over a period about 1600 years by over 40 40 authors or so and uh from uneducated to the most educated of the cultures of the day they wrote uh, but the Bible is inspired, and so the USA is not in the Bible. No. See, we Americans are so arrogant, we think the world revolves around us. It don't, right? I mean, come on. So the first problem I have with somebody saying that, is America Babylon, is that you don't understand the whole, whole gist of this book right here. It's not about America. It's about Jesus. History is his story, and here he is. So having said that, there is an uncanny parallel. So Mystery Babylon, Revelation 18. You can also go back to Jeremiah 51 and 52, because Jeremiah 51 and 52, Jeremiah, the prophet, talks about the destruction of Babylon. And some people, you know, some things in the Bible you take literally, and you take everything in the Bible literally as much as possible, but there are a lot of figurative things in the Bible, and you have to let the... The gist of of the, the context tell you if you should take something literal or is it figurative, and and there's a deeper meaning to it. So when it comes to the mystery Babylon, see, uh, and mystery Babylon, I don't have time. If you go read Revelation 18, where it talks about that, uh, Babylon has to do with the commerce of the time. It has to do with the business of the time, and all of the nations of the world. Um, um, participating in the buying of gold and silver and wood and all of the things necessary to make life happen. And in one hour, all that's decimated, done away with. So in one sense, you know, I just have a hard time with saying for sure that the United States is Babylon the Great, but I do think that the world system of commerce is is mystery Babylon and if you go to read revelation 18 that will be judged because it takes god out of the equation of life and because the now let me finish and i'm almost done because the united states for the last what 70 years or so has been has been a gargantuan economic power and um uh, and for goods and services and money uh worldwide i mean I've mentioned this so many times before, on a, on a graph, you've got the gross domestic produce of the United States, and it's like this, and then the nations closest to it, they're like halfway up on the graph. We're just so big, we're just a huge nation. 50 states, we call the U.S. of A, huge. I mean, the, the financial engine is huge. But something's gonna happen, and that economic system that controls the world with trade and such it's going to be decimated in one hour. Um, so so could it be that when that happens, it also affects the United States? And could it be because the United States is now so in, intertwined into the world's commerce uh, activity and economic activity that that it also takes a ditch or is ditched uh, when that Babylon the Great is uh, judged? Does that make sense? So that yeah, could be... Uh, I just don't wanna be on the record as saying that Babylon the Great is the United States. I, I couldn't say that, but I think we're participating in the system. Having said that, um, I, I do feel that um, it feels like we're a nation right now under judgment. It, it feels that way, and, and that's why you need to pray. We started praying last November, and we prayed uh, from November to when, was it April or May? Or March every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we changed it. And that was two days a week. We prayed for months, every day, and we were praying for America because y'all, we we got some big problems. Would you agree? And and with all the sexual mess they're trying to push on children, have y'all watched the Sound of Freedom? It's interesting, huh? Some big problems in our country, and 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 with the leadership of our country, this stuff is really deep, and. um, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their gross immorality that affected not only the older people in the, but also the children. And uh, you start messing with children, you're in trouble. And I feel that we're in deep trouble. We're the number one exporter of, um, of uh, pornography and then also of, um, of um, child trafficking nation uh, worldwide and then we're also the number one consumer of child trafficking which is awful to think about so I think it Billy Graham's wife Ruth said if God doesn't judge America we'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So there's a lot to be said with that. And so I think I've said all these things before. I listened to sir, there's one guy in af in India I listened to uh Sadhu Sadhu is that his last name S- Sadhu, Selvaraj. He's kind of an unusual character. I've studied his life. Uh, but he I think he is a genuine prophet. And he has seen some some really challenging things happening to our nation. And some of the things he said like five or six years ago are happening now. He talked about judgments happening. I mentioned this to Joshua in text. He talked about judgment, and I'll close, uh, happening in five areas. He actually saw the judgments and saw the angels the angels that bring judgment coming to this nation. And and heard the Lord telling, him, uh, I've turned the U.S. over to judgment, which is a real challenging thing to hear. I listened to it, and I thought, mm, could be. What he said seems to be coming to pass. And he said, specifically, there'll be five areas that nature will turn against the United States. And he mentioned, want to help me? I have to look up my text to you now. <laughs> so, let me see, it's uh, water, floods, fires, um, tornadoes, and, and, and tornadoes and then hurricanes and storms and then earthquakes five and we haven't had the earthquakes uh, a lot yet but they're coming and uh, but uncannily it's really it, would you say it's strange and when he said that I, I think I heard this like four or five years ago and uh, it's starting to happen now so it's uncanny so I don't know I think we need to pray for our nation I think we're in trouble it feels like we are we've never been as divided as we are and there's some real systemic problems here. And um, once you choose to deceive, once lying is a baseline, there's no escaping problems. And that's where we are in our country uh, with respect to um, public offices and such. And it's, it's a real problem. Would you agree? So, so I don't care if you're a pro- Republican, Democrat, or nothing, uh, we got real trouble. And uh, we need to pray. So I'll end all that by saying, does that answer the question? So um, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, I mentioned this Sunday, bring nothing, or I mentioned it yesterday, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart. So God led me to start praying for our government that way. Lord, bring to light, expose the dark deeds and uh who is so maybe it'll start happening wow it is happening so anybody else one more and we'll go we're done yep pansy hey he's got a microphone everybody good y'all are quiet you're just looking
0: this is a fun question oh good i know there's not a real answer but i want to hear your (laughs) opinion um when jesus was 12 years old his mom and dad were looking for him for three days and said and finally found him and then fast forward 18 years and Jesus is with his mom and his mom goes come on Jesus you need to help us with your first miracle and turn this water into wine right okay there's 18 years in between 12 and 30 mm-hmm. so we know that his father passed away sometime during that time
1: Teenager. and
0: Jesus was the oldest of all the children because he was the firstborn right and my guess was he was a carpenter because he took after the trade of his dad. And he probably helped his mom because she needs some help with the kids. What other things do you think Jesus did during those 18 years?
1: Had fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Had fun being a teenager. <laughs>
1: hey, who knows? You know, go ahead. Can I use scripture, and then maybe you can elaborate on it for me? Sure. Um, What's your name? Linda. Hi, Linda. Is uh, Psalms
0: 82.
1: Psalm 82, mm-hmm. yes.
0: Um, Elohim stands... In the congregation of El, he judges the he judges in the midst of the Elohim. How long would you judge perversely, and show partiality to the wrong? Give right ruling to the poor and fatherless. Do do right to the afflicted and needy. Rescue the poor and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wrong. They do not know nor do they understand they walk about in darkness all the foundations of the earth are shaken I said you are Elohim which Mm -hmm. means God's Mm -hmm. and all of you are sons of the Most High but Mm -hmm. men you die oh excuse me but as men you die and fall as one of the heads arise O Elohim judge the earth for you shall possess all the nations. Mm -hmm. Question. Who are the Elohim?
1: Well, he says here, I said you are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. One thing that's really uncanny about the Old Testament prophets, and here the psalmist is, they'll be talking about one thing, and and, and this is where you have to have the Holy Spirit to talk to you when you're reading Scripture. And it's not just going to, to a school and learning Hebrew, or Greek or Aramaic for the New Testament, and Hebrew for the Old, or Greek for the entire Bible, um, but um, but but you just got it's got to be spiritually understood. So so the so the prophets would be speaking, or the writers would be speaking, and they're talking about Israel, or they're talking about a king, or they're talking about now. And because the Holy Spirit is anointing them, suddenly they're they're not even in that time realm; they're away they're 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 in the future because don't forget god doesn't live in time he lives in eternity the holy spirit doesn't live in time he lives in eternity and he's inside of us so when he said you are god's could it be that it was looking forward to the time that jeremiah and even ezekiel mentioned you won't say to your neighbor Know the Lord, for all will know me from the least unto the greatest. I'll take the stony heart out of you and put in you a heart of flesh. Uh, Paul calls that the circumcised heart in Romans chapter 2. So could it be that he's talking there, and then suddenly he's talking about the future? I said you are gods. That is, that you are the sons of the Most High. So so was it a prophetic reference to the human person stained with sin, being born again, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, living on the inside of us. That could be a prophetic tone. Otherwise, you can't understand it. There's no way to understand. There's really, I don't know how you understand it. Otherwise, you may have an interpretation that I haven't heard. So...
0: Have you heard of Michael Heiser? Michael, yeah, Michael. I haven't followed Dr. him. Doctor Michael Heiser. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he just recently passed away. He yes. was like 68. Yes. Um, Michael Heiser has a book out, and he talks about this scripture, and he's talking about uh, Elohim mm. means you know, like God, mm-hmm. and then in Hebrew, whenever they write Elohim, mm-hmm. it's always with a capital E. Yes. Just to write. Well, of course, you know, it's written in Hebrew, Mm -hmm. um, but it's always in a capital. And then the rest of it, when he's talking to the other Elohim, that small, like a small e, which is God, small gods. Mm -hmm. um, According to Michael Heiser, the the Elohim, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the, you know, he is the ultimate God. Mm -hmm. he is actually talking to the sons of God. When, uh, and this is according to Michael Heiser. Mm. So God is speaking to his children yeah. that live in heaven with him, mm. uh, that are there, that were there before we were ever created. Mm. That's according to Michael Heiser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got a great, great um, argument for it. And he's given a lot of scriptures that that talks about that. Mm. I was just kind of curious if yeah. you knew anything about it.
1: No, I think it's open to all kinds of uh, ideas. And I'm not sure we'll ever really understand that except to now, say. I've been
0: studying his book. And, yeah. and then there's also uh, Timothy Albarino, uh, who also has done a lot of study. He's like your um, your modern-day Indiana Jones. Mm. <laughs> uh, he spent 10 years That's in awesome. um You know in in the jungles so um, you know i mean he's like he's like that he loves to you know search out things and uh, he also has written a book and it goes into a lot of that well, that's uh, awesome yeah so i just was kind of curious if you knew yeah. anything about it. that's
1: good that's that's it for me thank you yes go ahead and we got to run
0: uh, earlier you talking about the 1000 year millennium. Yes. And,
1: and uh I've heard sermons in the past where uh they're talking about, you know, well some of us are going to be in our earthly bodies,
0: some of us will be in our glorified bodies. Yes. But uh about will there will be families, we'll be living as families, people will having babies, Check. People will marrying and all that and just want to know your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, well, and and I don't think I completed the thought earlier, but uh, there is looks like they are going to be a, a a group of people that go from that day of the Lord judgment of the latter, latter part of those seven years into the millennial reign of Christ, they actually will survive. And of course, uh, um, Revelation 13, 14, uh, for, uh, Revelation 7 uh, talks about there are those who have a, the seal of God on their forehead. That is, Jewish believers that are actually sealed so they won't die during that period of time. So there may be those, and there could, it doesn't say, but there could be others as well that actually survive that time in normal human bodies like we have today. And then they will just cause the natural generation of the human being to, to continue through the thousand year reign of Jesus. So as you said, I, I believe it's 100% true that uh, we will reign with Christ for a thousand years, but we will be in glorified bodies. So two kinds of people there will be glorified saints, and then there will also be those in natural human bodies. And the glorified saints will help Jesus govern the earth. We don't know a whole lot about that except that's going to happen. And, uh, and then the natural people will give birth to babies. And then, and then towards the end of that time, you know, the nations are going to come back against Jesus in Jerusalem again. And then that's when you know, the great white throne judgment right after that occurs. And Satan is judged uh, finally and all the people that disobey God finally finally are judged so it's a really unusual time but it's a glorious time too so uh, it's really something to think about isn't it that that the natural human being continues and then the earth is you know uh, renovated by fire and then there's a new heavens and new earth and eternity with Jesus so we have an exciting future ahead of us eyes not seen ears not heard not entered into our hearts what God's prepared aren't you excited about that